Welcome to PodPod, the podcast all about podcasting for podcasters like yourselves. I'm Rihanna Dillon and this week I'm joined by Adam Shepard, editor of PodPod and Matt Hill, head of Rethink Audio and co-founder of the British Podcast Awards. Hello to you both. Thanks for joining Hello. me. Hello. Hi. We have a really fun one lined up today because uh, Adam and I got to speak to Kathy and Dave from the Cinemile podcast, which I kind of came to a long time ago and it was really nice to as you do you you kind of dip in and out of podcasts and it was so lovely to revisit Cinemile again um, mm. because those two are just so enthusiastic when it comes to talking about movies and so we kind of delve into the format of that but in terms of what's been going on in podcast news this week what has been going on Adam do you want to kick us off? It's been a busy week, but the biggest thing is that YouTube have announced that they are adding support for podcasts to YouTube Music, which in short means that users of YouTube Music will be able to listen with the screen off. They are adding a bunch of features to support podcasters using YouTube Music, and it's a big step towards YouTube's continued growth as a sort of rival to Spotify and Apple Podcasts as a podcast consumption platform. Why has this taken so long, do you think, Matt? I can tell you it's because uh, they were waiting for my feedback survey to come in because literally <laughs> like the news came out in the afternoon and in the morning I filled out uh, uh, what I could only describe as a diatribe uh, to my YouTube creator account, like a, like a, a feedback survey. They'd sent me like, right, I'll show them. This is what you need to do. And then in the afternoon they announced it. And that is the real, that's the power of people. Right? <laughs> I think. Really, really impressive uh, consumer <laughs> support there. Um, but it is, it's fantastic news, not least because obviously YouTube command a huge amount of digital advertising. Yeah. And we don't really get a sniff of that in podcasting, except if you have a full-blown video content strategy alongside your podcast. The idea that maybe we could inject RSSs straight into YouTube at high quality with some sort of visualization perhaps mm. uh, but crucially lockable screens still be able to hear the content mm. and maybe inject uh, youtube advertising into it is absolutely really really important and uh, something we've all been looking forward to i mean as a podcaster youtube is such an annoying platform to use because for anyone that's not familiar to put a podcast on youtube currently you have to take the audio file transmute it into a video file, whether you do that by just, you know, filming it as a kind of video and, and ripping the audio out of it, you know, separately, or just slapping the logo on, you know, in Premiere Pro or whatever you're using and putting it up that way. But you have to upload it separately as opposed to every other podcast platform, which just pulls it down from the RSS feed. So if right. you could, as Matt, as you say, if you could just have the RSS plugged directly in. That would save so much time and allow so much more audience, potentially. And also, we don't play the game of trying to convince YouTube viewers to use podcasts. Mm. The issue was always that it's very difficult to pull YouTube users off their platform that mm. they love and put them in another device or another app. And so the idea that we can actually now take our content to them without 
having to massively repurpose it in the first instance. I think it's still important that, you know, podcasts now think about their visual strategy, mm. you know, and the idea of being able to effectively take a, a episode of your show, which is just audio only, and then add a video layer to it on YouTube. That actually, you know, is a good thing for everyone, I think, um, in terms of like a better experience. And also, even though I'm sure Spotify are quite frustrated that this is happening and is quite a big rival play, it will probably help their cause of bringing more video to Spotify. Because Mm. if you start doing it for YouTube, you're more likely to then try and build that into your Spotify channel as well, Uh, as long as... Spotify can get over their thing that they have to do video just on Spotify, like through Mm. Anchor. Like it would be good if you could feed that through other platforms. Well, I was going to say, at what point then do we reach a point where the same thing you have for audio via RSS is built in for video? So you have the video file embedded in the RSS feed and that just goes out to everywhere that supports video. Well, it's entirely possible, even right now, an RSS feed can be whatever you like it to be. It can be Mm. programmed with different enclosures and you could add a video enclosure to the same episode. And the problem is all the players have to take it and they have to agree the format. And now there's a bit more money in podcasting. It's much harder to get them to all agree on those changes. Mm. But if they can get themselves around a table, um, maybe a wonderful conferencing event organized by Haymarket Business Media. We don't know. Indeed. But maybe, like some sort of breakfast, I'll be there. Uh, Then maybe they can try and sort this out because Mm. it would make my life a lot easier because I am uploading too much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> too much. So yeah, YouTube, Spotify, if we can make Matt's life easier, that's that's the main goal of this uh, this podcast. I'm like Mondeo man. Like if you can please me, then I think most people in the industry will be happy. Mm. For for me. <laughs> Um, moving on then to our interview this week. This is Dave Corkery and Kathy Cullen. I sort of feel like maybe, Matt, you should talk a bit about Cinemile because they're one of the British Podcast Awards' big success stories and one of their earliest, right? Mm. Yeah, one of our yeah, one of our earliest successes. I remember Miranda Sawyer, who was in the Podcast of the Year judging panel the year that Cinemile won, and she was just so enthused about the show. I think partly because there were so many different... There were, you know, there was a long history of movie podcasts out there, and Cinema just sounded so fresh and so different, Mm. and may I say, still does. Mm -hmm. And that personal relationship between the two hosts and the fact that it was outdoors, you know, so few podcasts are recorded in the wild, Mm. and the fact that it's recorded on the way to the cinema and then on the way back, it kind of, it's so beautifully formatted. And yeah, I'm really happy for all the success that came from that as well. Mm. So here they are, Adam and I talking to Kathy and Dave from Cinemile. <laughs> Kathy and Dave, welcome to PodPod. Hello, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Hello. Thanks so much for coming on. I love this. This was kind of born out of you messaging saying that you were listening to PodPod. So we immediately invited you on. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) You invite all your listeners on. (laughs) It's not a sustainable model, guys. You realise now we're going to get an absolute flood of uh, messages going, please let me on the podcast. (laughs) What I love about your podcast is that I've been aware of it for quite a long time. And we met at the British Podcast Awards was it back in was it 2017 mm-hmm. mm, yeah the first ever one yeah wow so you're ogs <laughs> oh yeah 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 
Before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still not cool. Um, <laughs> but what I loved about your podcast was because you were talking about films, which is something that I was really interested in. I am really interested in um, because of my, my side hustle as a film critic. But also you kind of were bringing something completely new and fresh to the format. And that was something that I just don't think anyone had really considered. So we're going to be delving completely into that so do you want to sort of do you have like the elevator pitch for Cinemile yeah it's the podcast where we record our walk home from the movies that's the pitch (laughs) (laughs) it's so perfect it's such a brilliant idea and it's something that everyone can relate to so Mm. where did you first kind of come up with the idea was it the love of movies that came first before the love of podcasts yeah I think we've always had a love of movies the formation of our relationship I think the cinema was very heavily involved you know both big into weird Arnold Schwarzenegger was very heavily oh, involved mm-hmm. in the in, yeah. in the early days of our relationship uh, there was a lot of <laughs> I think that's that? best that's best summed up in uh, when we uh, the first Christmas we were ever together we both got each other a present um surprise present each and it was both presents were a copy of Pumping Iron on DVD. Um, <laughs> that's when we knew it was meant to be. Um, so, uh, yeah, Phil, our love of film was there. I've been listening to podcasts since, I don't know, the noughties. Um, wow. And had been trying to get Kathy involved in a podcast with me around film, right? So just, just like you said, Rihanna, I was big into film podcasts and reading you know, empire and everything. And I was just like, you know, we could, we could do that. I think everyone thinks they can do that. But then Kathy was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to sit down with you and talk about a movie for an hour. That sounds awful. So she kept batting me away, rejecting me. No, I don't want to do it. And then eventually um, I said, look, can I just put a recorder in, in front of you while we're walking home? Cause we're doing that anyway, right? It's no extra time commitment. Mm. She eventually agreed and then ended up enjoying it. So it was really the format was born out of, you know, I don't know, uh, necessity or, or the restrictions that she, she kept putting. My, and so in a way it was, yeah, very much Kathy's idea. Yeah, because I was like, I'm bored of listening to like men sit around talking about movies. I don't like the thought of having to put an hour aside every week to do something. And I said, I know I'm a listening because it won't be interesting. Uh, so Dave came up with what was a really fun idea and then we walked home from the Jungle Book and we recorded it and we were like, oh, that was really fun. And because at the time we had no kids, we were going to the cinema like three, four times a week. It was truly no additional effort. And I know we'll talk about it in a while editing and stuff, but like we just recorded as live and put it up. Mm-hmm. So kind of at every point in it, it was like minimal effort. And it's so fun because, you know, initially it was obviously just friends and family listening. Now more people listen, but everyone says like, oh, that's exactly what I do when I leave the cinema. I talk Mm. about the movie and I, because we record before we go to the cinema. So we say like just a few minutes, like what we're expecting out of the film. Then we, then we record after. And loads of listeners tell us that they listen on their way to the cinema to like the start <laughs> ah. and then they'll pause it and then they listen on the way home, whether they're driving or walking. Oh my God. And uh, that makes us so happy. We're like a companion to people who like go to the cinema. And that's kind of the core thing about our podcast as well is like, we love cinema. Mm. So we do non-cinema stuff on our Patreon, but our feed's very like cinema purist. And I don't mean that as in we love high fancy films. It's that, you know, we go to blockbusters, but like we want to do it in cinema. Obviously the pandemic killed it a bit, but um, it's very much usually the trip. Sometimes we drive, but we almost always walk. But that's the thing, right? That, that, that trip is a, is a huge part of the cinema experience. It's not something Mm. anyone thinks about. You know, you think of the cinema, you think about, you know, the popcorn and being there and the logos coming up and the excitement, but like 
everybody goes to the pub afterwards or they mm. go have dinner or or they just go home and chat in the car. That happens to everybody. And I think that's something I think which we kind of just stumbled upon that hadn't really been captured. Mm. What were you using in terms of equipment in the early days and how has that changed? <laughs> We've we never bought, changed. Really? We bought a Zoom H4N uh-huh. when we decided to do this. And that was uh, seven, seven years, years ago. ago. 200 quid. Something like that. They should sponsor us. And we've, <laughs> we've been using the same thing ever since. Every photo of us doing our podcast is us holding that Zoom 4 in. And uh, yeah, until it dies, we'll never stop and using now, I, it. I'm not, I mean, and now a lot of your listeners are going to be, you know, super audiophiles and uh, tech heads. Not uh, necessarily. Neither of, okay, well, we're, we're, we're with those other people. That's not us, you know, but we Googled, uh, I, I think I just Googled like good field mic for podcasting and then, you know, lazily picked the first one, uh, read a few reviews and, and <laughs> which, do you know what? Reliable so little good. bit of kit. It's solid. It's like a built by the same engineers that must have made that Nokia 3210. <laughs> <laughs> it's indestructible. But yeah, we've dropped it a lot. But you know what's changed though is um, Dave, I can't take any credit for Dave, self-taught himself out. Now, now he did have a skill of editing and advancing the podcast because he has edited for like video before, but he got really good at audio recording, audio editing. And so our very early episodes don't sound as good as they sound now, um, but it's the same piece of kit. Yeah. The, and the only upgrade you did was in the editing software, right? Not in the kit. Yeah, I guess if we're getting into the detail there, I mean, I as Cathy said, learnt on the job. So, you know, if you go back to the early stuff, it sounds rotten. <laughs> um, what's that free audio editing software? Oh, Audacity. Audacity. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So started, you know, but it started did the job, Audacity. Though. Did the job. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Then yeah, I decided to get all fancy and upgraded to uh, the Adobe. Suite. But the funny part is he he yeah, had the Adobe suite from work, so he used it for a few years through work. Eventually, <gasps> didn't have it through work anymore. We finally only paid for it last year. So seven years in, we paid for the Adobe suite. <laughs> so I do I do work in marketing. I had a good reason to have the Adobe suite. It's <laughs> <laughs> too late now. Adobe will be sending the frighteners around. Any yeah, minute. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we have, as of last year, paid for the Adobe suite finally. <laughs> So speaking of the editing side of it, does recording on the move bring challenges in terms of the audio quality or the editing that you have to do? Yeah, 100%. Anyone who's ever been outside knows that, you know, number one, <laughs> any, anything can happen. And number two, it's bloody noisy. Mm. So we learned very early on that we had to adapt our routes accordingly oh really so we made uh, some mistakes right number one you know because there's a lot of ways you can walk home we had one route which was down a not a motorway but just a busy road mm. trucks passing by a lot of uh, you know motorbikes some occasional maybe road rage you know anything can happen but mm. it's just like the din the constant noise is is kind of distracting and then you gotta raise your voice a bit and then i, I think it, it all becomes a bit frantic mm. conversely we found it's kind of off-putting if it's too quiet at night yeah it sounds mm. weird to us <laughs> oh, we really? like a low level din like we, we live in ireland now but for a long time when we lived in london we'd actually like walk around london if we'd guessed and that mm. was a lovely level of noise but motorways too noisy and the burbs where we live now can be too quiet so <laughs> we've had listeners like say that they've been out for a run listening and they've heard a beep and they think it's uh, someone beeping at them but it's actually 
actually like to beep in the podcast. <laughs> and like, we don't, like Dave just played around with the levels, you know, of like what the mic will take in. So we've played around with that a bit. But um, to be honest, we don't worry about that. Like I know a lot of podcasts edit out ums and ahs or anything like that. If we were so inclined, which we're not because we're too lazy, we still couldn't because the background noise changes all the time. We don't like to edit. We very rarely do. But when we do, yeah, it's, it's it can be quite challenging. What I like to do is as well, you know, incorporate some of the... Um, the environment. Remember recently, a few it? months ago, we were talking about a Marvel movie and someone stopped us and someone was like, oh, hey, you've spoiled the movie for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny. Passers-by. <laughs> one, one of the most awkward things which happened a few times over the years is if you bump into someone you know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so no. embarrassing. Yeah. And we're like such weirdos. There's this moment where... <laughs> <laughs> they're like they, they go oh, hey and then they're like let's initiate a conversation and we're like ha no uh. and we'll just turn it off but yeah that's weird and we did once get at the very again at very early days of the podcast when the new Bridget Jones movie came out I was wearing heels never again we mm. had very few listeners at the time, but I think every single one of us texted oh, us God, saying, yeah. all I could hear was Cathy's heels. And Cathy has this one particular <laughs> coat, which we had to ban yeah, as well, because it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So very lo-fi, really. Yeah. Mm. With your route home, obviously, if you're maybe changing it or, you know, when you moved as well, because you have specific, like a structure to your podcast, you go on to like Spoiler Street, which I love. Yeah. So is that <laughs> yeah. always a certain place is that actually do you kind of go oh we've reached this bend we've reached this house we need to move on is that like a, a cue for you to like okay we need to wrap this up now or do you just kind of go as long as you want to go i'm going to spoil this now for for all of our listeners and all of the potential <laughs> listeners spoiler street doesn't exist it's fake it's fake not <laughs> <laughs> to draw back the curtain too much i'm oh so gosh. sorry there's no specific point spoiler street is where we need it to be <laughs> when, we've, when we've exhausted the uh, the yeah. sort of a, the pre-chat we do have a route and there are sort of you know the um we have a beginning and an end and that has helped us i think have a relatively tight format because mm -hmm. i think that's another thing and i've done other podcasts as well that it's it's difficult to self-edit on the on the spot and you can end up with a, a lot of material and I could just talk forever. Like this is going to be a challenge now. I'm the editor though. Spoiler street is when I'm tapping my wrist to Dave. That's when yeah. spoiler street comes in. And also, you know, your house is coming. So you, you, you mm. be like, Oh, we better wrap this up now. And now admittedly we, we have occasionally, you know, if there's a real meaty little topic we want to cover off, we we've done another little, lap around yeah our poor yeah. neighbors the block yeah, <laughs> well, it, yeah, yeah it is interesting because um we love the format of recording on the go and we have a lot of fun with it and because i think it's because we're not that obsessed with audio that we let ourselves do it where people who would be really prestigious and really good audio editors don't like it but like we've recorded ourselves on the train like we we rewatched the first mission impossible and then we recorded it on the eurostar like we love a gimmick <laughs> um, so that was really good fun we've like recorded on the plane we've recorded on a ferry maybe like we'll record anywhere you can put us like we have no shame um, so i try i hilariously tried it didn't work once i tried to get our lingus to sponsor us they never wrote back to me oh. to record Aww. us reviewing an irish film on an airling <laughs> you know i still the offer's still out there come talk were, to us early. you can have loads of fun with it like you know once you're not that bothered about like if, it being perfect do you remember when we got we got the tube one time on the way back from I think the picture house and we were just coming up to the end of this this episode 
Uh, and then this, this uh, as occasionally happens on the tube, this like busker just got on and wanted to stop mm. and started playing. <laughs> and he like played us out. Yeah, it was and amazing. It was, it was just a beautiful, serendipitous moment. That was still the best, yeah. the best thing that's ever happened. And oh, very rarely we try and record our kids and it's hilarious because it's just us physically chasing them to try and get them to talk. <laughs> and they're screaming like, poo, poo. But they'll occasionally give a glimmer of insight into a kid's film, but uh, very rarely, yeah. <laughs> if, when we do have guests... We don't make them travel all the way to us. You know, we usually pick a spot in between and then we'll just go for a walk after the cinema. So I think a lot of our guests, we would have met in central London. I remember walking around central London with Craig Parkinson. And then, you know, we met Chris Hewitt and Helen O'Hara from Empire. We went to IMAX with Chris as well. We went to IMAX with Chris. Yeah, Yeah, you pick it based on the location and the, that's what makes it hard for us to get guests though. Because you're like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? They're like, yeah, cool. And you say, so you have to sit with us. You've never met us before for two and a half hours. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've, so in fairness to anyone who's ever come on, like it's so funny, like often the first time, like Scoobius Pip came on our podcast and we've never met him before. And we all sat down and watched Avengers, which was like four hours long together. <laughs> and he drove to Surrey to come on our podcast, oh, really? which we couldn't believe. Yeah. And uh, he was like, very generous. People are so time. generous with their time, yeah. we find, mm-hmm. because we're generally getting people who love movies and love talking yeah. about them. But yeah. we've struggled since we moved to Ireland. We haven't had a single guest and it's because we've just not had, frankly, moving countries, getting new jobs, kids, everything. We've not had the energy to be like, oh, mm-hmm. actually, will someone meet us like in Dublin and like do the whole thing? Um, mm. So we really want to get back to having guests. But basically, since the pandemic, we've not really done it. Mm. Yeah. So you mentioned Chris Hewitt of the Empire podcast there. Those guys have made quite a good business out of live events and their screenings and, and those kind of things. Is that something that you've ever considered branching out into? Yeah, no, definitely. We've done a couple of live workshops with the the BBC and a couple of other uh, audio. Yeah, like uh, in the industry. early days when we won the British Podcast Award, so you're like kind of new and shiny. It's like, oh, these two people who don't work in radio and who spent 200 quid on a piece of kit, they won the British Podcast Award. So the BBC contacted us and asked us to do like internal workshops with oh, some wow. of their radio staff because they wanted to show them, look, you can be creative and like mm. think outside the box. And we did one in Bristol and Manchester. Like we had a six week old baby at the time. I don't know what we were doing. Wow. And we were so clueless. Do you think we asked them to pay us any money? Oh, really? <laughs> we that's, didn't. We that's were the power of the British Podcast Awards. Entries yeah. open now. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, truly. And we were like, oh, this is amazing. They paid for a train to Manchester. We did one live show at the Latitude Festival in 20, uh, 2019, right 19. before the pandemic. Yeah. So that was brilliant. We loved doing that. They had, it was their first year doing a podcast tent. And we were so happy we got asked to do it. And because they have really good talent there, they got us Asif Kapadia, as in the director of Amy and Maradona and Senna. And he came on to talk about Maradona and we did a live show with him. We loved it, right? Really, we loved it so much. And funnily, right after that, we actually signed with an agent in London to do more live stuff. And then the pandemic happened and it never, it never happened. And by the time we came out of it, we had no energy. We were never going to try and get back into it again. Our jobs were too busy. Like, because I don't know if if we've we've made it clear or not, but this is a hobby podcast. So while it's been running for seven years and we've had a level of success and we know like, compared to worldwide our podcast might be in the top five percent but it ain't nowhere near like the top one percent of people who actually make money off podcasts and like the empire model is so successful because it's also part of their jobs and they also do the live shows that make a lot of money like we'd never sell out something like that to make money the latitude thing worked because we were at something that was already happening our audience is really like scattered all over the globe in small dots 
like I guess the closest we'd have really in terms of a cluster of an audience might be like Dublin but you'd be you'd be talking a very small venue you know it's something we we would love to do but it's probably not realistic for us in the short term I think and also looked at as Kathy said you know there's been a lot of disruption and not just in the world but you know our personal lives and moving country and all that kind of thing and also the podcast is ultimately it's uh, it is secondary to us you know we both have careers and and, and family and unfortunately it does end up taking a back seat sometimes you know these are first baby so we do tell our children that it's <laughs> yeah. more important than them <laughs> no, <we're not. laughs> but with them with the pandemic i think for a lot of people it meant that they could maybe start a podcast or you know it gave a lot of people space to start new things or experiment a bit but of course by the very nature of your podcast presumably that was a very big change so what happened what did you have to do how did you continue it was really interesting because we had a baby end of January 2020. So we had a like, I guess, six week old baby. So that was like fairly traumatic at the start of the pandemic. And then the podcast is our outlet. Like it's one of the reasons we've done it for so long because we just love it. Mm. And it's like, you know, everyone we know with small kids is like, we can't believe you go to the cinema and you small kids. And it's like, but it's because we did the podcast before we had yeah. kids. I think if we hadn't, frankly, we probably wouldn't be going to the cinema mm-hmm. as much as we do. But we always prioritize it. And like, if we have a family member coming to visit, they know they're like, okay, I'll babysit for you this night. So you can go to the cinema. <laughs> um, but with, in terms of the pandemic, so we still wanted to do the podcast, like very much so. And it, it was kind of like for our own mental health, if nothing else. So we just, you know, the way they were releasing movies like, oh, you pay 20 quid on Sky Store and you could like watch a cinema movie. So we were reviewing them and then and you know the way you were allowed to walk around the block like once yeah. a day in England so we like uh, luckily for us my sister had moved in with us during the pandemic because her uni kicked her out she'd like be at home with the kids and we like walk around this empty block in Surrey and record so it was a bit grim it was but it was a real relief for us and we got this most incredible email I'll never forget this email from one of our listeners and she said I listened to your podcast today and God knows what shite film we were talking about because there was really bad films <laughs> were released <laughs> she said I listened to you two just talking you know being funny about a movie and she said and tears rolled down my face because it felt like the first normal thing that's happened me weeks and I was like oh, oh my god, god. Uh, so it was really important for us but a lot of our listeners really connected and our Patreon where we talk about TV and that actually took off a bit more during the pandemic mm. because we're just we do that sitting at home on the sofa generally we walk when we can just slightly different and just easier to do in the pandemic mm. but we were like the first time we went back to the cinema after the pandemic was what was that Christopher Nolan film? Tenet Mm. we were hysterical like if you listen to that podcast <laughs> yeah it's like, if you listen to that episode it's like so exciting it's like two people who have not been out in years <laughs> which was true yeah pretty much mm. yeah and without our so kids exciting. and that's why we love our podcast so much is because we just love going to cinema yeah. our podcast because it's immediate it's the exact feeling you have when you walk mm-hmm. into the cinema mm. and often for us that's like joy and happiness because we've been at cinema and that so we tend to probably infuse our reviews a bit which i think is a Mm. selling point and people Mm. have told us as much that they like that raw reaction Mm. um that you get someone asked me this recently like how do you do it you know like most journalists take notes and they might rewatch a film a few times we don't do that because we just don't and uh, we'll sit in the cinema but i'm already like okay i'm going to talk about that i'm going to talk about that like i have a mental i've started a mental dossier system when i'm watching films that i would never have years ago and it means i can't do that it means that when we're multitasking yeah (laughs) uh, you have to like you can't not think about it as you're watching it because like five minutes after we walk out we're going to turn on the recorder we also tend to avoid trailers where we can't this Mm. is the beauty of not being actual film critics we don't watch trailers and we don't read the reviews Mm. we say um save it for the streets so if one of us is in the lobby and we try and talk to the other one we're like you're not like talking about the podcast (laughs) so it's like so fresh i do the same thing when i go to the cinema with my partner and i find that my 
opinion and thoughts about a film will often change quite dramatically from the start of that conversation to the end. Do you find that with the podcast where you'll start out with one point of view and then by the end of the recording, you've kind of almost 180 I think in terms of the conversation and the influence that that has, yeah, we've had moments where there's, there's aspects of a film that sometimes I haven't even considered. And I think Kathy is particularly good at analyzing diversity in film, mm. looking at it from the female point of view in particular, mm-hmm. to something that obviously I, I cannot do and I try to challenge my own biases. And I think that's another benefit to our podcast is that, uh, you know, well, besides yourself, Rihanna, and, and many others, the film conversation space is very male dominated. Mm-hmm. Kathy's very good at calling me out my unconscious biases or just something I, I had not even considered for mm-hmm. one Like on Plane, we watched Plane, the yes. Jared, Jared Butler movie I listened last week. to your and Dave, review of oh, yeah. Plane. <laughs> and Dave was like, there's this really weird moment where they made this girl record a video. Why did they do that? And I'm like, because there was no women in the movie. Yeah. And someone obviously was like, oh, we need a woman. And yeah. he's like, oh yeah, that is probably why they did that. Yeah. Our most fun reviews are when we disagree on films. That's We love that, but we would never force that. Like, it's not very often we disagree because we have very similar tastes but Dave comes at things from like he loves Star Wars and horror and I love I like really like sci-fi and I really like rom-com so we've Mm. got crossover taste but like they do differ which helps but that's actually the the other crucial bit you know what you're saying Adam there about people you know influencing each other or challenging each other I think if we were doing this podcast with a a friend or uh, or you know someone who's a professional co-host you've got a different relationship with that mm. person, you some maybe you're just a little afraid to really challenge them, or or you want to be kind of amiable. You know, as a as a couple, you don't really you you're, you're comfortable to be to be just like, what are you talking about? You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I do think that's a, such an interesting dynamic, though the couple dynamic, because like you say, that can work really well. Other times, it doesn't work so well. But for you, it's obviously such a successful way of talking about films, but also of getting other people to relate to you, I think, because people go as couples to the cinema. And so it's just a really natural kind of echo of what people are doing. So how does it work in terms of just you two working together in close proximity, doing the same hobby? That doesn't necessarily always mean that it's going to be a kind of comfortable, successful thing. Obviously it is with you guys, but how does it work? That's a good question. Uh, I think I, we've got a, first an exceptionally high tolerance for each other. <laughs> we can spend like large amount of times together, and that's not to criticize other couples. I think I think everyone's got a sort of a healthy balance of their of my space versus your space, and, mm. and, and but yeah, we t- we do tend to have a, a high threshold for. But also we come in at the podcast, we do different things. So Dave edits and records Mm -hmm. and then I'll do like all the socials Mm -hmm. or like, for example, when we enter the British podcast word, like I was like, oh, let's enter this word. Like, so we'll come at it. We do two different things. It's also not that much time in the week. You know, I don't think we'd ever want to actually work together full time, Mm -hmm. but doing something that's like, A, you're going to the cinema or we're going to cinema anyway. So the podcast side of it, while it is more work and has become more work now that we go less and stuff like max might be two hours a week and then on our patreon depending at the moment we're doing the last of us reviews and like there might be more or less on but like again we'd have already been watching the last of us at home so mm. it's like just building on something we're already doing but i don't think we'd either ever want to do it like full-time together and i think the point about doing it full-time as well is you have to get a bit clickbaity if you're really trying to profit off a which is no shade you just do so i feel like if we were if it was a fully commercial podcast like we'd have to be like 
having hot takes and like disagreeing with each other, like on purpose more, because mm. we know those episodes do better, like when we do, but we don't ever lean into that. But I think I could see the temptation if you were trying to make money off it, where we'd be like, oh, we'll make a TikTok video and like, oh, we might have an argument because like we know that we'll get loads of retweets. And like, mm. because it's a hobby, we've never had to fall into that kind of side of it. I'd echo my previous point about how we're comfortable to challenge each other on the podcast about film. I think that has helped our kind of, you know, quote unquote, working relationship on the podcast, because, you know, in my career, you know, I'm in marketing and a lot of that job as you sort of go up through your career is about editing other people's work or, you know, trying to provide feedback or criticism. And I think that's a very difficult thing to do. And every person reacts very differently to that. Whereas again, back to that point where like, we're very comfortable challenging each other. So from a working relationship, like I'll write a bit of copy for our synopsis and Kathy's like that's that's terrible <laughs> yeah and I'll just rewrite it at work you'd have to like gently speak to someone about yeah. it like potentially yeah, suggest some, uh, like, to bring it up in their one-to-one yeah so <laughs> it makes things much quicker that's for sure you mean you don't have performance reviews for each other <laughs> <laughs> no maybe we should though that's a good idea I like that <laughs> quarterly appraisals and so so speaking of that kind of side of your career of course you both work in marketing have you found that that kind of experience and skill set has helped you make Cinemile more of a success than it might otherwise have been if you were coming in completely cold yeah, like, frankly, I think um, we both uh, have worked in communications, media, TV, like across loads of different jobs, marketing. Like, first of all, as I mentioned before, Dave had a base level of editing skill anyway. And um, we both studied, like, Dave did journalism, I did communication. So we had a kind of good understanding of, like, what would be a good beginning, middle and end, something socially, like, straight away when we started the podcast. We were like, right, we'll get all the social handles. Like, we thought that stuff through. And I know you were talking um, to Dad wrote a porno when they were talking about that point about getting socials and stuff. Mm. It really matters, like, particularly on Twitter and stuff. Now, the name Cinemile that Dave came up with is so good, and the concept Dave came up with is so good that I think it made it easier for us to, like, to get a handle like that. Like, it's hard to get a handle. Mm. And then just, like, even in terms of, like, the British Podcast Awards, like, I searched. I was like, are there any podcast awards we could enter? Because I thought our podcast really was, like, I think our podcast is really good. Mm. And we have always get such good feedback, but it's only friends and family who listen to it. Like, how could we get more people to listen to it? And, I, and then I just searched, and it was like, it's the first year of the British Podcast Awards, and the entry was closing in, like, two weeks. And we banged something together, and Dave cut together, like, a really nice... Like he had an understanding of how to create an award submission. So all of those things definitely matter. Like I think it's, it wouldn't be fair for either of us to say like we're like total amateurs doing this. Even though we're not professional podcasters, we know how to cut together stuff. And, and, we, and we, have a, we, have, we had a lot of experience in Twitter and we were mm -hmm. able to build up a bit of an audience there. So yeah, so yeah I think it, yeah, it definitely is an advantage. Yeah. Because someone can have a brilliant podcast and like no one hears it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying our podcast is brilliant. It's just really good. You did and we say love that it. just a minute ago. No, I said it's, I think it's really good. Like, but I've heard <laughs> oh. some brilliant, I've heard some brilliant podcasts. You have so the brilliant. awards win to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I've, I've heard some really brilliant podcasts from people and like, they just have no audience. And like, it's also so like, that's the other thing coming out of the pandemic. You know, the way you mentioned Rihanna, everyone, like, I think it doubled. I think it went from like 500,000 to like a million podcasts. So like we've noticed and loads of other people at, that we know at our level who've got like, what you would consider successful but very mid-tier not profitable yeah. podcasts yeah who've got good audiences you know a good base potentially like awards or good press behind them but like they're all of our audiences have dropped because 
you've now got like Louis Theroux making a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if people have a limited amount of time to listen to something. Yeah, of course they're going to listen to Louis Theroux over us. Like we get that. And we're not out there pushing ourselves, doing live events or, you know, meeting people. And Absolute Louis Theroux takedown here. No, it's not a takedown. <laughs> I, would, I would listen to his podcast over our podcast. Like I totally get what? it, you know. I would actually slightly disagree with that. I think... Louis Theroux is maybe a little bit of an exception to this, but I think the big name tentpole celebrity podcast hasn't proved to be as successful as certain companies and streaming services may have initially predicted. I think a large part of the appeal of kind of podcasting in general is that it is individuals that are genuinely passionate about stuff. And I think that's very hard to fake if you are a celebrity who's just starting a podcast for the sake of having a podcast. And I think there's actually probably quite a lot of people who would listen to, you know, a podcast like yours over a film podcast that's kind of helmed by someone who is nominally a celebrity, but isn't really that sort of invested in the subject matter. Vin Diesel on film. <laughs> Make it happen. No, I actually am. Um, I agree with you, Adam. But I think I totally agree with you. But because there's so many celebrity podcasts, people are dipping in and testing mm. them in new formats. And like every time a new show comes out now, which wasn't the case seven years ago, there's a podcast like The Last of Us podcast, which like we love, by the yeah. way. Um, so there's just way more out there. So like we know, and we noticed because when the pandemic hit, like we always used to release an episode once a week. And I know the the release pattern really matters to the algorithm. Mm-hmm. And then we dropped off like for about six weeks, we didn't post anything. And then we were like doing our best, maybe getting one or two out a month, but we tanked in people's feeds. Like the amount yeah. of listeners who messaged us saying like, are you still doing podcasts? Like I don't see your podcast anymore. And we had to be like, oh yeah, you know, go and search for us. We're still there. But we knew we weren't showing up mm-hmm. in people's feeds anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, what can you do? It's so hard to get into people's feeds. And it's like so crushing to think that you've now been dropped down their algorithm, but we can't control that. You've mentioned your Patreon because going to the cinema is bloody expensive mm. if <laughs> you don't get to go to screenings or things like that. So mm. does the Patreon sort of pay in part of your cinema trips? Yeah, like it's funny because, you know, like the screening thing you mentioned, like we we were kind of on a distribution list mm-hmm. uh, for screenings, but we've never been able to go to them because sure, they're always at 10 in the morning. Yes, we've always that's when they are. Yeah. <laughs> now I've yeah. moved to Kent, so even I can't go to those early yeah, morning ones anymore. Yeah, and so like... <laughs> We get emailed maybe a screener link, but that's we don't want to. But because we're we pigeonholed ourselves, so we 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 can't watch the screener links. Now we can, but we watch screeners for our Patreon for um, TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the Patreon model. To be honest, like we found being part of the ACAS model at our level because they work on a CPM model, which means that like they pay per thousand listens, and mm-hmm. even at that, it's very nominal. Mm-hmm. We found that like one month in our Patreon, which is also fairly small, would do more than we'd get in a year off ACAST. So the Patreon's really important for podcasters, I think, if you want to make any sort of money. And then because it's like on top of our jobs and it's fairly low amount, what we do is it covers our costs. So like say the Adobe suite, like all the subscription costs we have. Mm. And then we actually just, we donate about a third of our Patreon money. Yeah, most anything over the top for our costs, we usually donate because we're both, you know, professionals we've got careers you know we we get privilege guilt we're like we shouldn't have this extra money (laughs) yeah which is probably not the right way to look at it but 
but we like during the pandemic, particularly when we were like so depressed, like we we gave all of our money, all of our Patreon money every month. We gave to charity, wow. and then like wow. even now, like last year, we gave all of our October to December, which was a third. We gave to a homeless charity in Ireland because there's an awful homeless crisis in Ireland at the moment. And then last month, we gave all our money to supporting like the earthquake. So mm. we think of it that way. So like a little bit for us, a little bit for the costs, and then the rest goes and, to charity. And, but it makes us feel good, and it makes the patrons feel good mm-hmm. as well. That they're, that they're, they're and also like let's be honest, we, we do it for free anyway we're just yeah we love doing it we just love talking about tv shows but we didn't want to do that stuff on our main feed because it dilutes the main feed and also we were like it's crazy that we've got a podcast with a really dedicated audience and we're making no money off it and we do Mm. bristle a little bit to think that like not bristle isn't the right word but like how can like tens of thousands of people be listening to something but we get no money from it Mm. and that's where the patreon comes in yeah so i assume then that you don't really have any ambitions to turn podcasting into a sort of full-time career in the way that i think probably most people that start a kind of spare time hobby podcast might do Dave's done other podcasts that mm. have been like really successful. Like he does one on the wire called the wire stripped. Yes. And like, don't get me wrong. If we could make full time money off doing multiple podcasts, we absolutely mm. would. But I like, think so. Yeah. It's not going to meet either of our salaries. So mm. we know how low, how low the money is. Um, even if someone's being paid like per podcast, it might be good money, but if you divide it over a year and took out all the benefits, like say I've taken two maternity leaves before, mm-hmm. like Mm. When you really break it down and you think it from a really boring point of view, like you want job security or you want this or that, like we wouldn't be anywhere near making that kind of money. Yeah, and, I, look, and, and that'll, there's so many uh, factors that go into that question and that you know, Kathy's outlined a lot of them, but it, you know, a lot of it is uh, down to time and circumstance as well. You know, if we were in our early twenties when, yeah, we when this yeah. happened, you know, when we were still on, um, you know, entry level, jobs in our career then yeah probably you've absolutely given it a punt let's quit our jobs and go traveling or whatever and make a podcast for a living yeah, and really give that. it a shot but i when we met you rihanna when i when we won our podcast mm-hmm. we were like i was like five or six months pregnant at yeah. the time and we were asked to do a london the london podcast festival that september it was hilarious and it was like right on my due date and dave's like oh we could do that i was like dave no we can't <laughs> like, you know it's not like an option but i think if you really wanted to make money now in podcasting at an independent level like us we need to be on TikTok. We need to be putting ourselves out there way more. And like, we don't want to make videos of ourselves and put them on TikTok. Like, mm. it, it's not for us. It's not a criticism. I'd love to have the confidence to do it, but we just don't. Yeah, same. Or you'd have to get on YouTube. Like, some of the podcasts I love, they're all on YouTube and they're all on TikTok. And I love watching their clips. Mm. I just don't want to be like, oh, I have to put makeup on now. Like, like yeah. we record it in our pajamas at home. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, the thought of actually getting all done up. And then it's even more embarrassing to think you put it on TikTok and like no one would watch it. Yeah. So I just, I can't even put myself out there. Whereas with the podcast, when we started it, it didn't matter if no one ever listened to it because it's just mm. like for fun. So we're, ca- we're kind of caught because the uh, the answer to the question is, yeah, I think yes. In theory, like, yes. In theory we'd, lo- we'd love to do this full-time. I think that sounds very appealing. But we're jaded. But doing it full-time <laughs> yeah. is a full-time job, for want of a better word, you know. Exactly. Yeah, and, it's not and a it hobby requires thing. a huge time investment to get us to the point where, and I think we probably could get there where it is, you know, this is our full-time good. Mm. But it's also, it's the huge time commitment and it's the gamble, right? Yeah. And and it's, right now, we're comfortable and established careers. We've got two young kids mm. and we don't have time or 
Huh? Ability to gamble. We often said if one of us got made redundant or mm. lost our jobs, then we'd probably go go a bit heavy on yeah. it. I hope yeah. our employers aren't listening to. Us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, such a good excuse, wouldn't it? Perfect. You <laughs> might find <laughs> yeah, yeah. you might find yourself getting uh, getting some nice job offers from podcast companies who are looking for you know new new producers and new talent. Oh, you yeah. never know. Reach out. Reach out, yeah, reach yeah. Out, guys. But then I mean, again, no, no, I forgot my employers are listening. But then, <laughs> don't, don't reach out. I, but I think it has to be because um, we both work in marketing anyway, and like I get to do loads of really cool content for people, but it might be for their LinkedIn profiles or for their website. So for me, as a medium, I like it, and I've definitely supported clients with podcast development as part of my role because I'm digital director. But I guess to me, I don't, I don't have to focus so much on one subject or one medium. Mm-hmm. But obviously, if you paid us a million pounds a year <laughs> to be on Spotify, we'd obviously do it. <laughs> I'm sure that's what every uh, every full time podcaster is is making. Yeah, exactly. It's a million or nothing. <laughs> but it seems to me like that. There's like massive echelons, huge money, and then there's like the drop off is quite like you all know. We all know people who work in podcasting and like what the money's like. Yeah. In terms of as in, if you're a podcaster and what you can make from your own sponsorships. Yeah, absolutely. My gripe with it in general is purely because I have the knowledge behind the curtain of other platforms and what people spend on them, right? And kind of the most, for me, and I think your audience would be interested in this, like when you take a platform like LinkedIn, where the audience is considered to be really valuable because you can identify where they work, uh, what education they have, um, what their kind of decision-making power is based on their job title. And I know what people will pay to reach an audience on LinkedIn. And it's really high, right? Because you know you're getting that really valuable audience. Mm-hmm. It's completely incomparable to a rate you'd pay on something like a Facebook or a mm-hmm. Twitter, where you might be reaching people based on the content they're interested in, but you're not reaching them based on who they are as decision makers mm-hmm. in a business. And when I think about our audience who love cinema, right, and TV. Like, our audience is the best. Like, they message us all the time with film TV recommendations. They're so engaged. They really listen to our recommendations because, obviously, the people who listen to us are people who tend to have similar tastes to us Mm. because that's why you would listen to a film reviewer, right, you trust, and you you take their recommendations on board. So where I think something like the ACAST model falls flat is they aren't pitching us to, say, a film distributor who wants to ensure that they get an audience now I know we're in Ireland and the market's really small and our audience isn't very big, but we're often at the very top, like we're often number one in the Irish film review charts. Mm. And yet ACAS have never, in five years, we got one sponsorship from them. And I'm not saying this to complain about ACAS because I know they work on a CPM model and I know that they, because Dave and I have both been on the other end where we've bought ads on ACAS for clients. Mm-hmm. And I know they're like, oh, well, this podcast has got 40,000 listens a month and you'll pay 20 euro for every thousand people you meet. So it's a really cost-effective way to advertise. But alternatively, when you're the podcaster and you're thinking, okay, they run ads on our, we don't get sponsorship, but they run ads on it. And I'm like, that advertiser, because it's occasionally a TV or a film ad, they're getting our audience and we're getting like 50 quid for it. Mm -hmm. And to me, that feels wrong. And that's one of the reasons we are going to come off Acast um, because we feel like something's wrong there for us. Mm -hmm. It works if you've got a load of listeners 
it doesn't work if you're like with us, which is like a really engaged, but fairly relatively small audience. Yeah. Mm. Listeners uh, to this podcast will have heard me banging on about, you know, the value of an engaged audience versus the value of just a big audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to beat that particular drum again, because I'm sure listeners are sick to death of it. But it's true though. It really is, you know, mm. and it's not um, like, as I said, you know, we're not in it for the money and we give most of the money away, but I'd rather be, making the money we should be making off it because I understand our audience. And if I had a client, I'd be saying, yes, you should be spending X amount to reach that audience. Mm. We've met so many great people through it as well. And like you said earlier, Adam, it's like, you know, there's a passion there that Mm. you kind of don't get in, um, in other mediums or it's a real sort of, yeah. Yeah. Like we would never have thought, like we loved empire. We would have never thought we'd meet them. And then Chris, you had heard about our podcast through the British podcast awards. And then he recommended us on Twitter and like our listeners shot up because of his one tweet and like so generous of him to do that. And he's like, I think he's come on our podcast like three times. Like, like whenever we asked him, he came on and we loved hanging out with him because he's so fun. Mm. And, but to me, that's someone who just loves cinema, loves talking about cinema. Like he's a busy guy. He doesn't have, you know, necessarily time to be doing that. He does not have time. time. Yeah. And like Helen, you know, like she's brilliant. She's been on, we've had Amon on, like they, they just, they all love film and that's like the thing, you know? And I think um, that's what that's why we love doing it because it's so fun to do that with people. And actually, it makes such a difference speaking or listening to you talk about film than so many of the other more sort of industry-facing podcasts. Like I listen to Little Gold Men from Variety, and obviously that's such a kind of academic look at films often, and kind of often talking about statistics and all this kind of stuff. And it's just such a breath of fresh air just to hear two audience members loving cinema, regardless of whether the film is good or not. And it just kind of, (laughs) and I think for film critics, it's really important to remember why you're doing this in the first place. And it's not to be like sneery about movies and it's not to be elitist in any way. It's because you loved film. (laughs) And even if it kind of gets to a point where you forget that because you've been doing it or like you're saying, you know, might get a bit jaded about something that you do all the time actually listening to your podcast is such a a brilliant reminder of why people love film and why you want to talk about film genuinely thank you (laughs) and especially bad films because we've really bad taste (laughs) (laughs) well okay on that note then what is the worst film that you've ever reviewed oh my god wow (laughs) and we always try to be nice like we we try not to trash films purely because we're like someone's made this but we, I mean, we had quite the laugh watching him. Um, You're going to say Blackbird? Blackbird last yeah, year. I, I, oh, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of our biggest downloaded episodes because everyone was like, I'm not going to watch Blackbird, but I want to hear what Irish people think about it. Oh, you should. Anyone who thinks that absolutely watch Blackbird, it is a, a tour de force. <laughs> it's quite something. And I don't feel so bad. I mean, we don't, as Kathy said, we don't, we don't like to be mean. I think, look, it, all, all films are an incredible achievement that so many people came together and made a thing. But um, yeah, I don't really too, feel too bad dunking on Michael Flatley a, a little bit. Now, I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but there's, it just reeks of money and, and vanity. It's just, it's quite something to behold. Yeah, we had, yeah. We, I think we talked about Blackford for like an hour. The other, the other one that springs to mind is um, Artemis Fowl. Oh, uh, yeah. That? Yeah. 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 That was awful. That was a so, pandemic one, wasn't it? Yeah. So bad. You know, for two reasons. One is that uh, I'm a big fan of Kenneth Branagh. And I think he's an incredibly talented actor and director, and he he should know better. I don't know what happened. Um, 
and and secondly, it it, it, is, it is all is based on an Irish writer's um, mm. work. It's set in Ireland, and a lot of the Irishness of it all was just completely unforgivable. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're so sensitive to like anyone of their own culture. Like, we're so sensitive to Ireland on screen. Yeah, we're actually doing it on our Patreon this month. We're doing because of the, all the Oscars buzz about Ireland. We're doing Irish on screen, huh. and uh, we yeah. might watch Wild Mountain Time because we haven't seen that. Yes, one I just and again, I wouldn't watch Wild Mountain Time, but I would listen to your podcast talking about Wild Mountain Time. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, do you have any sort of disaster stories about your recording sessions from the walk back home? You know, if there has been, if it has been pissing it down with rain or if your recording just stopped halfway through. I've had recording stop halfway through in other situations. Top Gun, the original Top Gun, we lost half our review. Did we? Oh no. Yeah, we went to see it in an outdoor cinema and then we just published it anyway because we were like, sorry, at the end of it's missing. (laughs) And these are the things you can get away with when you have no sponsor and nobody cares what you're doing on your podcast. And then um, remember we once, remember the new Ghostbusters movie a few years ago and we forgot the very important piece of tech that goes over your Zoom that blocks wind. wind Oh yes. Yeah. Oh my so god, it that's just like, awful. Oh, like, and it was a very windy day. We shouldn't have published it. Like, I don't know that we'd publish it now, but we did publish it then, and it was like, frankly, you couldn't listen to it. Oh god, it was just wind. <laughs> it was a yeah. wind tunnel. Never had any huge disasters though. There's a, yeah, a lot of environmental and and, and weather factors. Sometimes when we're out, Dave will be like, "Oh no, the battery's just died," and we have to go home and replace the battery and do it again, and we're like, "Oh." oh. Uh, but no, we've never had any. I don't oh, think we've had no, any there, was one, there was one time when we were, uh, I think it was Coco. We were coming back from Coco mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and we decided to go down the river walk. We just brought our, our, our newborn son, our, our, our eldest. So we were like so excited. It was his first was cinema his trip. first cinema trip and Coco was so beautiful. And, you know, we were crying. I just remember holding him and just like bawling. I was like, ah. And then we were walking back and I remembered the buggy getting stuck in mud. Do you remember that? Oh, it was yeah, like that was a really we recorded muddy day. And then you're just like so, but but I think we got some great squelchy sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of foley yeah. on the side. Yeah, but there's just room, so. and I think this is why you know people used to love blogging in the early days, and people love doing their own podcasts because like it doesn't matter if you do stuff like that. Whereas I think if it's a corporate one and there's a lot of money behind it, and you're you know sponsorships and all that, like I I feel like it would you'd have to be really constrained, mm. but we're not, so um, yeah. that helps. But like, yeah, so there would be some shockers now in our feed if you went back to probably the first 10 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) No one likes going back. Dave and Kathy, thank you so much for talking to us. That was brilliant. Thank you for your time. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. So that was Kathy and Dave from Cinemile. And as I was saying to them, it is so lovely to hear like a really non-cynical film podcast, actually. Mm. I think that's what I love so much. It is just like listening to your mates talking about film in the best possible way. Sometimes mm. that doesn't always work. And as you said at the top, Matt, just hearing the nature outside, which is not something that you put hand in hand with sitting in a dark room watching a film there is something that's like a breath of fresh air after having come out of the cinema that is, you you couldn't imagine that really being evoked through an audio experience. And yet that's exactly what they've done. Mm, Yeah. It does remind me of a bit of, um, well, probably inspired by cinema, really. Um, uh, Kumo de Mayo used to do a thing where it was like the um, lobby correspondent. So mm. be mm. voice memos from outside the screening room just as it finished. Yeah. And you could hear in people's voices that sense of like, 
oh, that was really sad or really joyous or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, in a way that you can't necessarily get in a normal review. And yeah. I, I, I would well believe that they might have been inspired by uh, Kathy and Dave because mm-hmm. they really, really blazed a trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that kind of veritas of having the the fresh take immediately after the the cinema experience that is so refreshing about it. But also the fact that it's live and as you say, Matt, in the in the wild and on the go, the fact that they barely edit it at all mm. is simultaneously I'm really jealous and also <laughs> so glad that that's not me. Because <laughs> like on the one hand you know, there's there's no editing, so the the turnaround in terms of production time must be super super quick. But also, you've got no safety net then mm. as a podcaster. You can't go, oh, actually, you know, I'm not super happy with how I sounded just then, or actually, you know, I've realised that I'm kind of just a bit wrong uh, in terms of how I'm <laughs> looking at this, and yeah. you can't go back and and cut that out, which mm. is yeah, mildly. Terrifying. I suppose for you as a radio broadcaster, that's kind of not really anything kind of new or revelatory. Well, I guess for me, I'm still, I'm sort of self-edit as I go, you know, mm. whereas with Kathy and Dave, it feels completely unfiltered. Mm. And that's that's part of the charm. And it, because it, like I said, it's not cynical. So they're, even if they say something that's wrong and the other one is like, no, that's wrong. And, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. It's wrong. That's mm. all just part of like a normal conversation. So it actually feels really important to keep that in. And mm. the fact that their opinions sort of change as the conversation goes along. Whereas if mm. you go in, for a film review you kind of have your point and you kind of stick to it right you might have a debate and you might end up being kind of turned over to the other person's way of thinking about certain things but kind of the rule of thumb is that you go in with a very set opinion whereas with them it's just like a sort of verbal meandering coming to a natural conclusion which is what's so clever and I don't think you could do that if you were editing it either because what would you cut out (laughs) you know it's it's a really good idea of making us feel like we're all just eavesdropping on an an incredibly intimate conversation Mm. which is the best thing about podcasting but it is the exception that proves the rule because you should really edit your podcasts anyone listening that isn't editing their podcast (laughs) you really 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 should yes But they are only 25 minutes long, 25 to 35 minutes long, exactly. their podcast. Yeah. yeah. Which makes it, like, just as a quick sidebar, the fact that they managed to get, you know, 25 to 30 minute podcasts with no editing, and mm. this is already probably going to be close to an hour with editing, mm. is, uh, yeah, quite, quite impressive. And the fact that they managed to get so much nuance into the conversation uh, as part of that is, is really, yeah, really impressive. Kathy and Dave. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Adam and Matt, for talking to me all about the latest developments with YouTube. That was fascinating. And thank you, everyone who is listening at home. You can find out more on podpod.com. Maybe one day we'll get into guerrilla podcasting. We can um, <laughs> we can do this from the banks of the River Thames, perhaps. Oh. Um, I know, that would be very cool, though. Do follow us on social at PodPodOfficial and sign up to our daily email bulletins and subscribe to make sure that you never miss an episode. The podcast is produced by Emma Corsham for Haymarket Business Media and I'm your host, Rihanna Dillon, and I'll see you next week. Bye. 